You ever, uh, have you ever had somebody say to you, I'm not really a person of faith, or something, something along those lines? Anybody? I received a, an email um, within, the la- within the last month, and towards the end, uh, this person said to me, my wife and I are not the faithful, and the good deeds that were done toward us will not change that. But I thought that was interesting because it, it, it started to make me think, and uh, I think that it's true that we are all people of faith. Like whether you're in church this morning, whether you have ever been in church this morning, we are all people of faith. Every human being is a person of faith. Um, for example, how many of you could uh, come, come up to the front right now and give a pretty comprehensive um, uh, explanation of how these lights work? Yep, Mike worked for the TVA, of course he could. <laughs> but like, but where did it come from? How did, the, how did the, we know that power turns the lights on, how did it arrive in this building? Um, once it gets to the building, how does it get to the, to the lights? Mike Richards aside, most of us probably couldn't do it, right? We could, we could kind of fumble our way through, we might have a general idea, and yet, how many of you this morning when you got up, you walked over towards a wall in your house, you looked for a small white plate, a little, little thing sticking out of it, and you flipped it up, expecting the lights to come on, right? You have, you have faith that if you, if you can find a white plate on a wall with a little stick sticking out of it, and you turn that, lights will come on somewhere in the building that you're in. You, you have, you have a, a, a degree of faith there. It's based on your experience, uh, but it also indicates what you expect of the future. And so uh, everyone is a person of faith. So we might not know uh, all the details of electricity, but we know enough to get the lights on. And as we open God's word each week, we might not know everything that's in here, but hopefully we know enough, it kind of turns some light bulbs on in our, in our minds as we get together. And so uh, my prayer is that will be uh, what happens for us this morning, particularly as we uh, start a, uh, uh, a series on origins, looking at the first three chapters of the book of Genesis. And that's really, uh, pray for me, it's, this is like a big, uh, a big thing to, to bite off and, and chew on. Um, and so these are some of the themes we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks. God, who is he? Where did he come from? We're going to talk about that a, a little bit this morning. Who, who is our God? Creation. Can we really believe a biblical account of creation? Uh, where did man come from? Who determines w- what man is, what male and female is? Um, sin. How do we end up in a world that just is, is broken everywhere we turn? There's, there's hurt and there's heartache and there's uh, things that don't seem right. And then, of course, redemption. Where's God in all this, and what is God doing to restore what has been lost? All these, all these uh, ideas are themes throughout the scriptures, and yet we see that they begin in Genesis chapters 1 through 3. So uh, hopefully you, you can be here for the next few weeks. If you're just visiting with us this morning, come back for the next month or so. Uh, we're going to be tackling some, some great questions to, to look at. So um, let, let me pray, and we'll, we'll get started. Heavenly Father... Uh, We need you this morning to be our guide, to be our teacher. 
uh, to instruct us in, in the truth of your word. Help us to understand it as we open it this morning and as we look at it. Uh, Lord, I pray that light bulbs would go off in our heads as we, as we see what you have for us this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to start in the book of Genesis. It's the very first book of the Bible. Uh, just start f- turning there at the front. You'll get to Genesis chapter 1. Um, and, and Genesis is an important book, maybe the most read book in the Bible, uh, especially among Christians. And I say that because we, so many have great intentions of reading through the whole Bible in a year, and we start in Genesis chapter 1. And so we, we, we get to, uh, um, I will admit, I have attempted to, to read through the Bible, and I don't always, of course I have done it, but I, don't, I haven't always gotten through in a year. Um, lots of times I haven't, but I start in Genesis, and so it's a familiar passage. Genesis 1 through 11 talks about, uh, one, one person put it this way, Genesis 1 through 11 is uh, creation and the ever-widening ruin of man. And of course, God created Adam and Eve. He put them in the garden. They sinned. We see Cain murdering Abel. Uh, we see uh, just sin across the, the land. And so there was uh, uh, the flood, and uh, all but Noah's family was, was destroyed. And then, of course, they're right back at it in the Tower of Babel, trying to build a tower towards God, and God dispersed them. These are the first 11 chapters of Genesis. And then uh, the remainder of the book of Genesis narrows down to one family, um, and it's, it's, it's looking at uh, the beginning of the redemption of man, and so uh, looking at the, the world in general and then focusing on, on Abraham and his son Isaac and his son Jacob and his son Joseph, which takes us all the way through the rest of the book of Genesis, and we, we open up Exodus looking at the nation of Israel. Uh, so this is the, the, the book of Genesis. It lays the foundation for the rest of the scriptures. So Genesis 1 verse 1 begins this way. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. In the beginning, God. That was the beginning. There was God. There wasn't anything there wasn't anything else. You could uh, translate it, at the start of it all, there was God. Or, at the first, God. It's a, it's a simple statement, but it leaves us with, uh, with questions. Uh, before the heavens and the earth, says God created the heavens and the earth, so before the heavens of the earth, where was God? What was God doing? How long was he there? And these are, these are questions that I think probably most of us, I don't know, I've asked these questions for, for a long time, um, and yet even these questions are not really God-like in nature. They are human-like in nature, right? We, we, we view life through, um, we, we view life through where we are, what we're doing, and how long we're doing it, right? So, so last summer, Sarah and Court and I, we went to California. We hiked and camped in Yosemite and Sierra National Parks, and we were there for just over a week, right? Place, activity, and time. And yet, are those even the right questions to ask of God? 
Were there, were, there, was, there was no heaven, so there was no place for him to be. There was no time. It's the beginning. God created in the beginning. Psalm 90 verse 2 says this, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So, so the, the writer of this psalm agrees that before the beginning of the world, there was God. From everlasting to everlasting, always has been, always will be, and yet he doesn't really help us with our questions. Uh, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, uh, writes this, in the beginning was the word, and if we had time to study through some of the uh, first chapter of John, we would see that the word is Jesus. So in the beginning was the word, or Jesus, and the word, or Jesus, was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him not was anything made that was made. So God and Jesus are one, and we, we, can, uh, we, we see there that they were together in the beginning. So what were they doing there in the beginning? Uh, John chapter 17, verse 24. There's, let, me, let me help. You guys are like so intently listening. I'm really not going to have a good answer for you this morning on that, okay? <laughs> we're going to look and see what Scripture says. I'm glad you're so intent, but I don't, have the, I don't have the secrets that you've all been looking for all these years. We are looking at what Scripture says about it, though. John chapter 17, verse 24. Father, and this is Jesus talking to uh, God the Father. Father, I desire that they also, his disciples, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. So we're not sure what all they were doing, but God the Father, God the Son, they are there together, and they are in a love relationship together. The Father loved the Son before the foundation of the world. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, uh, talking about our salvation, it says, even as he, God, chose us in him, Jesus, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. So before, the, before he created the world, there's some consideration for us. And there's a desire that we would be holy and blameless before God, our creator. In the beginning, God. Something for you, if you haven't thought about it before, haven't thought about it in a while, something to chew on this week. God existed before anything else. He was self-sufficient. He, was, uh, he, was, he didn't need anything. It was just him. And yet, he created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, my guess is that in a group this size, someone in here, or maybe there's a group of people in here that are having, would have a hard time with that statement. God created the heavens and the earth. Probably most of us wholeheartedly agree, but I'm going to say we're in a, there's a lot of us here. There's probably some saying, I've been taught otherwise. I'm not so sure about that. Come back next week. That's really what we're going to get into more next week, the creation. Um, but um, I'll just say this. Some would try to 
uh, of the Christian faith would take the, these first chapters of Genesis and say, well, it's just poetry. It's just symbolism. It's just allegory. There's, you you, you got to read between the lines. It's not, it's not um, all that. Um, uh, there, there's, just, there's room for more there. So I, I'll just say this. This seems to me, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That sounds like a pretty direct statement. Um, Listen to this direct statement. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's a direct statement from the scripture that we just nod and wholeheartedly agree with. Let me give you another direct statement from the scripture. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Can we, can we just read the scripture and take it for what it says? Okay, well, again, more on that next week. I do want to read this. Job 38, verse 4 and 5. Uh, this is God speaking to Job, and you know, Job's in a bad way. His friends weren't really helping him out. There's questioning. There's not, where is God? What is he doing? Why isn't he helping me? And God says to Job, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Who stretched the line upon it? It's an issue of faith. And the question is, are we going to, uh, to look at these first chapters of Genesis and believe that this is what God wanted us to read and to understand and to accept. So uh, this is the basis that we're going to work off of, that Genesis chapter 1 through 3 is historically accurate and true. That's the basis we're working on in this, in this series. And so this morning, uh, I want to look, I, I look at God as the creator, and I want to look at, particularly in chapter 1 here, what does uh, chapter 1 say about the activity of God? So instead of going uh, verse by verse through the, through the chapter, we're going to look at repetition uh, that we see in the chapter. And we see, uh, we're going to look at three different things. We're going to look at God's spoken word, we're going to look at what it says he created, and we're going to look at what he said was good, and we're going to follow those three themes through this first chapter together. All right, so uh, this, first, um, this first thing we're going to look at, uh, it says, and God said, verse 3, and God said. We see that 10 times in this chapter, and God said. We're going to look at them. God spoke, Genesis chapter 1 says, and the world and the, all the living things, including, including mankind, came into existence. So um, I, I told uh, Craig and Peter at the back, they're not going to have every verse up f- for everyone that I read, but if you have your Bible with you or your app with you, you can, you can scroll through um, and, and, and catch this, and you can look back um, later in this week if it, we're not going to catch every single verse this morning um, and, and see these themes. Verse 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Verse 6, and God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. Verse 9, and God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Verse 11, and God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seeds and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed 
each according to its kind on the earth, and it was so. Verse 14, and God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth, and it was so. Verse 20, and God said, let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. And so it was created. Verse 24, and God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creeping things, beasts of the earth, according to their kinds, and it was so. Verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over all the creeping things that creep on the earth. Verse 28, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with its seed and its fruit. You will have them for food. It was so. God said, and it was so. This is, this is the, the scriptural account of the creation of the world. God spoke this world into existence. We've got some builders in here this morning. Uh, some of you have, have, have built homes and, and worked with a builder to build a home. Wouldn't it be nice that you just come up to the lot one day and you, and you just spoke? Right? And Jeff said, let the lot be cleared. And Jeff said, let the foundation come out of the ground. And Jeff said, really? There, there is power in the word of God. You believe that this morning? There is power in the word of God. Hebrews 11 verse three, by faith, we've already established that, that whatever you believe about creation or about life in general, there is an element of faith. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. The world was created by the, wor by the word of God. So, that, so God created the world, but then he named certain things. Uh, in Genesis 1 verse 3, God created light and called the light day. In, in Genesis 1 verse 6, God created an expanse, and in verse 8, he called the expanse heaven. In Genesis 1, 9, it says, He gathered the waters and called the dry land earth and the waters seas. So God created this world and then he, he named certain elements. He, he let Adam name certain elements, but God named certain elements. You know that today, new life is available by the word of God. You believe that? By the word of God, Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. We, we put our faith in what God says, particularly about his son, and we receive 
new life. When we hear the gospel, when we receive the gospel, when we believe the gospel in faith, we become a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. God is still in the business of creating. He's not creating new worlds. He's creating new life in broken, sinful human beings. So listen, as, new, as, new, as a new creation, our creator names us and gives us a new identity. I'm not turning to all of these, uh, but here are some of the things that God says about us. God spoke, the world came to being, we put our faith in him, we become a new creation, and this is what God has said about us. We are a child of God, 1 John 3, verse 1. We are friends of Jesus, John 15, 15. We are justified or declared to be righteous, Romans 5, 1. We have been redeemed, Ephesians 1, 7. We are heirs of an inheritance, Romans uh, 8.17. We've been sanctified, Hebrews 10.10. We are his workmanship, Ephesians 2.10. We've been adopted, Ephesians 1 verse 5. We are now righteous in the sight of God, Romans 3.22. We are citizens of heaven, Philippians 3.20. All by the word of God. There is life in the word of God. There's also power in the, wor- in the word of God. Uh, in, if, we, if we go back to Genesis uh, 1 verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. This is a Hebrew word, bara, which just means to create. Good translation, bara means create. Uh, but particularly to create out of nothing. It is a verb that is only used uh, in relation to God. It's not a verb that is used in relation to man. That would be Jeff said, let the foundation come out of the earth and there was a concrete foundation. It doesn't happen that way. Uh, it also says here in the first chapter, we, we see a word translated, most translations, made, which is a different Hebrew word than create, uh, just means to make. It's another good translation, to, to fashion or to produce something. So uh, look at these with me. In verse 1, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In verse 7, God made the expanse, which uh, later he called heaven. In verse 16, it says that God made the two great lights. In verse 21, it says God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves. Verse 25, it says that God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And then in verse 26 and 27, it says this, and then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And verse 27 says, so God created man, created, this is something only God could do, God created man in his own image In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God spoke, and it was so, and it was God was the one who was creating, it was God who was the one that was making this world. 
Romans 4.17, uh, really interesting. Um, it's talking about Abraham and the faith that Abraham had and how Abraham was declared to be righteous because of his faith. Um, and so when, when we read, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. Of course, it's referring to, Na- to Abraham uh, in the presence of God in whom he believed. But this is what I w- just want to pull from this verse. Look at this, um, this description of God in this last line. Uh, it is God who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Now, I would, I would say that, that uh, most of you would be excited this morning uh, to say that God gives life to the dead. Amen? As, as sinful, broken human beings, dead in our sins, we believe that we received life when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You guys believe that this morning? I hope so. I think that's why most of you are here, because we believe that. We want to know more about this God that put life in our dead bodies. But look, he's the God who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. It's in the same verse. It's in the same sentence. The God who, put, who brings um, life gives life to the dead, calls into existence the things that do not exist. When God created, when God made, in this first chapter of Genesis, he was calling into existence things that do not exist. How, how, do, we, how do we, as believers, take a, a verse like Romans 4, 17 and say, I will believe the first half of that sentence, but not the second half of that sentence? How do we do that? Why do we believe the first part, not the second part? Why don't we believe the second part and leave off the first part? Because we don't want to think that we would die and go to hell. So we believe the first part, but let's believe the second part. The scripture says that, that God calls into existence things that do not exist. And then we read in Genesis chapter 1 that God created the heavens and the earth, that it was God who created this world that we live in. We can have confidence in that. We, we believe and base our future that God gives life to that which is dead. And so if we believe that he's able to give us new life, he brings us into our, his family, he gives us eternal hope, then we can believe that he's the one that created the heavens and the earth. Uh, turn to Colossians chapter uh, 1 verse 15 uh, with me. I'm going to look at, uh, at this passage here as well. Uh, before we go back to, to Genesis. I want you to think of this, this passage in terms of uh, it's, it's speaking about Jesus and speaking about uh, creation in this passage. So think about what we've been discussing, that, that God and Jesus were together before the foundation of the world. Uh, they're the ones, when it says, let us make man in our image, uh, that's God, that's Jesus, that's the Holy Spirit creating, creating man, Uh, calling the world into existence. And so um, think about that as we we read these verses. Uh, Jesus, he was the ruler at creation. He's the ruler in our salvation, and he will be the ruler in heaven. And we we see this in this passage. So uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, uh, speaking 
of Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, again speaking of Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. This was written, say, some 2,000 years ago. That was created visible and invisible. When did we learn about atoms, protons, neutrons, the invisible things that actually make up what we are? Here in, the, here in the scripture, 2,000 years ago. So, for by him all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Verse 17, he is before all other things, still speaking of Jesus, and in him all things hold together. So, Jesus created the world. He's holding things together. And he is the head of the body, the church. Jesus is the head of, our, head of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Speaking of his resurrection, he's the one that re- first resurrected out of the grave. He's with the Father. That's the hope that we will follow him uh, in a similar manner. So verse 19 says, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile himself to all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, me, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of the flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless above reproach before him. One day, not today, it could be today, but as we sit here, we're not holy and blameless and above reproach, but one day we will be presented before the Father, holy and blameless and above reproach, because that is how Jesus will present us. So you see, Jesus from creation all the way to the end of, the, the end of time, Jesus is involved in all of it. If we can believe in Jesus for our salvation, then we can believe that Jesus, that God was present at creation, and they were the ones doing the creation. All right, one, one more theme we're going to look at in this first chapter of Genesis, the goodness of God. And, and uh, we, sang, we sang about that this morning um, already. And um, we're going we're gonna to look at the goodness of God, this, this uh, phrase, and it was good, we see over and over in this first chapter of Genesis. So uh, we're not talking about a moral sense of right and wrong. Um, God didn't create the heavens and the earth and say it was good, as in this earth is morally good, as opposed to being morally evil. It, the earth is an inanimate object. So it's good in, in a functional sense. I've created it. It's just how I want it to be. It will serve the purpose for which I have created it. It is good. It's like having a, a good truck that you can count on or a good, comfortable pair of shoes that you can walk in. It is, and these are good shoes, you know, or, or they, oh man, these shoes are not so good. This is the sense of good in, in function and in purpose and um, in, in how it was made. It was good. So in verse 4, we see God creating uh, the light. Uh, excuse me, yes, God created the light. He called it day. The darkness he called night. Uh, evening and morning. Excuse me. Um, I got ahead of myself. Verse 4, God saw that the light was good. 
and he separated light and darkness, called it day and night. God saw that the light was good. Verse 10, uh, we see God separating the water from the land, and it says, and God saw that it was good. In verse 12, uh, we see that uh, God creates the vegetation, plants yielding seed, and God saw that it was good. In verse 18, uh, we see that the, the sun, the moon, the stars, separating day and night, uh, they have been created, and God saw that it was good. In verse 22, God creating the, the creatures of the sea and every living creature that moves in the sea, uh, the winged birds, and God saw that it was good. Uh, verse 25, uh, creating the beasts of the earth, uh, the livestock, all of the land animals, and God saw that it was good. And then, of course, in uh, verses, uh, t- starting in verse 26, God says, let, let us make man in our image. God created man in his own image, male and female. He created them. We read those verses. In verse 31, when God finished his uh, creating, verse 31, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. There was evening and there was morning the sixth day. So in every one of these instances, it's the same phrase until the last one, and God saw that it was good. So God created it, he observed it, he looked at it, he saw it, and he, he saw that it was good. God makes good things. Amen? God creates good things. He's the author of what is right and what is good and what is proper. It's God determines what is right. He looked at the earth, he looked at the animals, he looked at the seas, he looked in the skies, and he said, this is good. This is right. This is going to work. You know, the earth is just the right distance from the sun. It's tilted on just the right angle. Like this is, God looked at it and he said, this is This is good. This is very good. God determines what is right, what is wrong. God determines how we are to relate to him. God determines how things are to function in a right and proper way. And so uh, for us this morning to accept this creation account... We have to accept that God's the creator, that when he created, he did a good job. It was was the way he wanted it. That there's an all-powerful God that did this, and it's not me. And it's it's not you. I don't get to determine what is right and good. You don't get to determine what is right and good. God has determined what is right and what is good. God is above all authority, and as the creator, he gives life, and he determines the purpose of that life. You believe that? I think, this is me now, I think so many people reject the creation account because to accept it, they have to accept that there's a God in heaven, that he created this world, that he had a plan for it, 
And, and you're either living according to that plan or you're not living according to that plan. If you're not living to that, according to that plan, it's a lot easier to say, well, there's just no God. He didn't create the world and there is no plan and I can do whatever I want and I'll, I'll, I'll be okay on my own. And of course, we see Adam and Eve right, for, right out of the gate. They rebelled against this order that God had determined. And, and we've been doing it. Man has been rebelling against God's design ever since. He's our savior, but he is also our creator. If, if we can believe God for our salvation, we can believe God that he was the creator, that he is the one that initiated life on earth, that he created this world, that he has a plan and a purpose for this world that he created and the people that are on it. So our God, he's eternal from everlasting to everlasting. His word gives life. There's power in the word of God. He's the creator and he determines what is good. These are things that we, we learn in just the initial reading of Genesis chapter one. The, the rest of the scripture is full of, of, it just tells us all about our God and what he's done for us. And it's why we come together to, to study it. But these are some of the things we pull from Genesis chapter one about our God. And so this is the beginning of our series. Next week, we're gonna start, we're gonna look more at creation specifically. Can we really believe a biblical account of creation? Or does that make us crazy? Many people will say that makes you crazy. Uh, I believe God's from God's word. We don't have to look at science to say that it's reasonable from God's word. We can see that it's reasonable to believe. Heavenly Father, I do thank you this morning for your word. Lord, uh, we, we come together and, and here in this church, we're going to proclaim that your word is true. That we can believe what your word teaches us. And, and, and God... Uh, you are an amazing God. We believe that you are the creator of this world. We believe that you had a, a plan for mankind right from the beginning, and that means that we can be in relationship with you. You're, you're a great God who had a, a great plan, and even in our rebellion, you had a plan for us, and, and you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Lord, I pray this morning that uh, our eyes would just be open to uh, your, your power, our eyes would be open to your goodness, uh, our eyes would be open to the fact that, uh, that you had a plan, that you can be trusted, that you were there in the beginning and that you will be there in the end. Lord, I ask that you would um, uh, um, believe these truths from your word. Lord, we believe, help us to believe. Give us the, the faith that we need to be confident in, in who you are and what you've done for us and what your word says to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.